This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Everyone, this is the other side of midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Moreno, and it is indeed a good morrow for all fans of the New York Metropolitans. When I was growing up, there was no such thing as interleague play. If you wanted to see your favorite American League player pitch or bat against your favorite National League player, you'd have to wait until the All-Star Game or the World Series. That all changed in 1997. And I remember what a big deal it was when they had the very first Subway Series, the very first time the Mets played the Yankees. And I was there. I went to the game with uh, my Uncle Carmine, my father, who's also named Carmine, and my brother, who, come to mention it, is named Nicholas Carmine. I didn't realize I was at the game with three Carmines. Well, anyway, I went to that game and I realized that from that point on, all of baseball would be different. Nothing would be the same as when I was growing up. And we have seen these divisions between the leagues continually eroded over the years. So the allure of interleague play has diminished slightly, but there's still something so special when the Mets play the Yankees. That was the case yesterday. And I've always said that as a Met fan and and as someone that's spent my entire life rooting against the Yankees, I would almost rather see the Mets beat the Yankees than see them win the World Series. And last Subway Series was a tie. They split the Series 1-1. So I was eager to see what would happen last night. And boy, oh boy, were the Mets fans in for a treat. A huge win powered by Justin Verlander's terrific start. The bullpen did us a favor and managed not to blow it as the Mets won 9-3. But they were powered by Pete Alonso hitting two enormous home runs, won a three-run shot, won a solo shot, and it's great to see him come out of his slump this way. He's been struggling, and it's great to see him bounce back because he's a great player and a great guy, and the dangerous thing with the Mets is you never want to have too much hope because inevitably they disappoint you, but when you see them beat the Yankees in the manner they did last night, it's difficult not to have some hope. Here was Pete Alonso after the game. Yeah, I'm just really happy that today was uh, was an excellent day. Um, I mean, every, every game's important important doesn't matter who's playing obviously subway series naturally is a is a big deal but doesn't matter if uh if we're playing the yankees the red sox or the nationals or whoever else because right now we're at a point of a season all wins matter doesn't matter who's over there so i'm just really happy that i was able to help the team win today and um yeah it's it's really nice really really nice Hopefully, Pete Alonso and the entire Metropolitan squad can do just as well in tonight's ballgame against the Yankees. Beam me up! To be continued. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. One of the city council members that I'm pretty friendly with is Councilwoman Vicki Palladino from Queens. I've also been friendly with the person she's running against this year, former state senator and former city councilman Tony Avella. But I'm very impressed with Vicki Palladino and her passion for the district and the great work that she's been doing in the city council. So I'm actually supporting her over Tony Avella this year. And Vicki Palladino has been known for raging against unlicensed cars, against fake paper tags, all sorts of stuff. That's why people were thinking it might have been a bit of a scandal when the website Streets Blog NYC saw some photographs of a 2008 Aston Martin Vantage car with Arizona 90-day temporary tags parked in her driveway. Her opponent, Tony Avella, has come out and said that she's a hypocrite. He said, I'm not surprised she talks about law and order and then does whatever she wants. Well, it turns out this car belongs to her son. Vicky Palladino doesn't even drive. And this guy is not riding this car around town. Her son is a car collector, and this was a collectible car. And apparently this situation has already been rectified, but it was never a priority to put it on the street. It's not what it was for. And the car has been registered with the proper plates. It was a collectible car that he got from Arizona. But even if it wasn't, even if it was just a scandal involving her son, why would the media and why would Tony Avella try to make this an issue as if she was breaking the law. I really do think this shows what a threat to the system Vicky Palladino is and how frightened people are of having her fiery, conservative, populist voice returned to the city council. I don't expect this to be more than a one or two day story, but it's a shame that it even needs to be addressed. I think this is a total non-issue and I'm still all for Vicky Palladino. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. There was a fascinating story in the New York Post over the weekend that revealed nearly half of New York City fare evaders arrested this year had open warrants for other crimes, including at least one accused killer. Of the 2,502 people cuffed for fare beating this year, 1,136, or just over 45% of them, were already being sought for arrest when they tried to hitch a free ride on the city's transit system. This is according to disturbing new NYPD data that uh, was given to the New York Post. I have to tell you, I'm not at all surprised by this. And what's more disturbing is that many of these fare beaters also came strapped 
with more than 200 caught carrying deadly weapons, including 13 guns and over 200 knives. That's the word from Michael Kemper, the NYPD transit chief. That's what he told the MTA board. The bottom line is this. The people that are most likely to commit fare evasion and do so in a brazen manner are criminals. They are the people more likely to carry a weapon. They're more likely to have open arrest warrants. They're more likely to hurt someone else in the future. And I think Mayor Giuliani, Commissioner Bratton, and others understood that when you go after someone that's committing a small crime, chances are pretty good that they're committing big crimes too. I'm certainly not suggesting that we lock up someone for 10 months if they tried to uh, hop a ride on a subway when they didn't have any money. Of course not. But if someone's committing fare evasion, they do need to be arrested, and if they have an open warrant, they need to be taken in. That's how you're going to catch the people that are committing crime in this city. You know, everyone talks about crime in this city, and the truth is, when crime is low, when crime is high, the number of people actually committing crimes in this city is an incredibly small percentage of the population. And if we can find out who those people are and arrest them when they have an open warrant, chances are they're not going to be in a position to commit crimes again. So the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg needs to totally reevaluate his approach with respect to prosecuting fare evasion. And I'm glad to see the NYPD making this a bit more of a priority. And I hope they institute a zero tolerance policy when it comes to fare evasion. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. The redistricting drama in New York State really ought to be a soap opera. So the latest on this is the Democrats, even though you normally only redraw districts once every 10 years, they're not happy at the court-ordered district lines that were put in place last year. So they are now going to court themselves. They've gone to court to try and get the state legislature with its supermajority to redraw the lines in a way that will be more advantageous to the Democrats. Well, the latest twist in New York's endless redistricting saga occurred yesterday when a group of Republican voters appealed a court decision allowing the redistricting commission to redraw new congressional maps that handed the Republicans several key wins last year. One of the people behind the lawsuit that stopped the gerrymander in 2022 was John Faso, former state assemblyman and the former candidate for governor. And he was on Spectrum News yesterday talking about what's going on here. The people changed the law in 2014 and they put an explicit provision in our state constitution saying you can't uh, draw districts to either benefit or disadvantage a party or a candidate. And that's exactly what the Democrats in the state legislature did. We brought suit the courts at the Supreme Court level, the appellate division and the Court of Appeals, our highest court, all found that this was an intentional gerrymander and that they violated the procedures that the people set out in 2014. Well, now they are preparing to appeal to a higher court. So presumably the appellate division is going to weigh in on this. And I wouldn't be surprised if this again makes it all the way up to the Court of Appeals. The bottom line is this is clearly not only illegal, but it's unethical. They should not be trying to do this. And in states where the Republicans have tried to do this, like North Carolina and in Florida, I've said the same thing. I hope the courts, even with the new makeup of the Court of Appeals, put a stop to this. Beam me up! To be continued.